0: Yeah, man, I love chips and sandwiches. Brace yourself.
1: What's your favorite oh, chip uh, chip sandwich combination?
0: That's the, that's the wonderful thing about a chip sandwich combo is it almost doesn't matter. Like it's just extra good flavor. Oh yeah. But you know, sandwiches are so much. Ugh, <coughs> Ugh, you know, yeah. you get that crunch in there. It's so satisfying. Mm.
2: The Zdarsky sub, so you have chip Zdarsky sandwich.
1: Uh, my favorite is That'll probably give me horrible pains. Peanut butter jelly sandwich with uh, Cool Ranch Doritos.
2: Make him stop. Will you <laughs> really? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I think we've got a snack for next week's podco.
1: Oh gosh, if we're all gonna eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich. what kind of well, jelly? three do you of us use. are.
0: I bet you use like also like Wonder Bread, don't you? Uh, <laughs>
1: France cracked wheat. Okay. Oh, healthy. It's not that healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly more healthy than white. Yeah. Um, no, uh, a good old a good old grape jelly. A grape. And a a, a creamed peanut butter.
0: Oh, you don't like a crunch or a natty?
1: Yeah, we don't. I don't need the no crunch in there. I got chips for that. <laughs> Who the
0: fuck are you talking to? <laughs> I mean, like you know, when you're talking about big.
3: So Tuesdays, we unpack all our books, all your books, bring them up here, we sort them, we put them in files, we get all ready for for all the joy we spread during the rest of the week. Uh, We come up here, we, oh, we did that, we take our books home, we read our books, we go to restaurants to read our books, we come back here, we talk about our books, talk about the comings and goings of our lives, talk about doing what we want to do the way we do it, uh, and there's a bunch of spoilers. Dude,
0: Roman, that was... Stellar. It wasn't quite as succinct as that first one we got all that praise about, but it was pretty good. Jeff,
1: could you give us an equally stellar rundown of what books we're gonna talk about this week?
0: Cool. We're gonna talk about Mr. Miracle number seven, Judas number four, Detective Comics 976, Vampironica number one, Eternity Girl number one, and Infidel number one. (laughs) Maybe we should just take turns doing that from now on.
2: That saves us, like, nine minutes. Yeah. Of <laughs>
0: Every week, I'm like, do I cut the four seconds of silence between books out, or do I leave it and show how awkward we are? <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, you hear, heard it here first.
0: <laughs> We've got a new thing. <clears throat> Don't look at the man behind the curtain. That's uh, Indiana Jones thing, right? Yeah. Uh,
2: Indiana Jones was actually uh, based on hmm. The Wizard of Oz.
1: It was based on Batman, right?
2: Well, yeah. Wizard of Oz came from Batman in, um, and then, whatever I almost I said, remember I the
0: word that I've been trying to think of all day about that. Regurgitated it's rigatoni. Close. It's close. Rebel. That's why you said rigatoni to me in the middle of the day. <laughs> Regurgitated. That's why. Okay. Good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we solve mysteries here for a really acceptable <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to stop trying to think of that word. Um, Who are you? Listen, guys. Is that everything out of the way that we need to get uh, out of the way at the beginning right, of the we, day? We
1: got. We talked. We said um, what, what we do. Where we do it. The, the the spoilers
0: the books. I'm Jeff Figley, and I'm real pumped on that new intro we just got. I'm Django,
2: and uh, I like I like it. It's good. <laughs> 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 oh fuck! Brayden's gonna go last again. Yeah, it's good. Oh
1: well, you go next. Uh, I'm Brayden, and I'm
3: I'm going next. So <laughs> Ringo Tony, <laughs> and, and I'm Roman, and, and I'd sure like some whiskey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. Um we just got to slowly move Braden to the front of the line for that. (laughs) Because he's still just going to keep killing it. Man, Roman, when you take pulls of whiskey, you pull
2: whiskey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Roman, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him do this, but he can put a bit in his mouth and pull a semi-truck up a hill with just his mouth and his heels on the ground.
0: Man, I was—you said that, and I was immediately thinking about metaphorically, like a bit, like a funny thing. Like you give that guy a bit, and he'll go a mile. But then you said something insane. Mm-hmm. Like you give him a bit, and he'll pull a truck up a hill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going for a uh, bitcoin, but yeah, nope. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well.
0: None so of, of those, boys. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable podcast, where we are going to c- talk about all your cryptocurrency needs. Bitcoins, <laughs> Litecoins. You want to know? We've got the inside scoop. What should you be trading? What should you be getting on? We care. I
2: have stopped calling it cryptocurrency. I just call it toker now. Toker. It's
0: to- like a weed thing, right? It's, it's like the middle part. Crypto-ker. Oh. Oh, toker. toker. <laughs> Some tokes. Currency. Um, you guys, Mr. <laughs> Miracle number seven. Oh, Something gosh. happened to me about an hour ago, Ooh. which is about nine hours after I read the issue.
2: Nine hours, nine months? Is there a <gasps>
0: gestation co- correlation? This is by Tom King and Mitch Garrods. This is a book that we've been loving, and everybody knows that. I'm loving it. Basically, this is the baby birth issue. It's the McDonald's. We're all loving it's, it.
1: It's the Miracle of Life issue. Yeah.
0: The so Mr. Mickey D's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the baby escapes crossing, the wound.
1: Crossing through those golden arches And So you
0: guys... Have mm-hmm. we Django, you just read these issues, I think, and Roman, you're a historical person, but that baby is the lump. Yeah. The classic Jack Kirby villain that traps Batman in his own consciousness during Final Crisis. Holy shit, he even calls him the lump. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah.
1: it there, the lump, the lump in the narration there. At
0: Holy the end crap. It's like I didn't put that this together. This whole series, that baby is the lump. And this whole series is existing within within Mr. Miracle's mind. Is and, the lump making it happen? And the lump is making it happen. And that's why this whole thing has been well, this is my theory. But this, and that's why this whole thing has been like glitched out video living in a thing. Like, is it real? Is it not real? Mm-hmm. Because those like issues of like Batman in Final Cry series trapped in the lump, like didn't have like the glitching thing, but it was the same type of thing. Like you were with Quick a person, cuts. and they didn't know if it was real. So,
1: uh, what is the lump?
0: Uh, Roman, like you probably know historically more about the lump than I do.
3: I, I'm, this is slowly coming back to me. You should explain, because I don't, I actually forgot about the lump.
0: Well, I don't know too much about him.
3: But I it, do it, but know. Is it, like
1: a, is it a classic Jack Kirby villain?
2: It's a Jack
0: about... Kirby Mr. Miracle thing. Okay. is how it was created. Hmm. And, and he was used in
2: Final Crisis.
0: Which makes total Batman. sense because that was Grant Morrison's, like, Kirby love letter. Yeah. And <laughs> it was all the Furies and everything. Um, so what happened is he creates some sort of, like, cognitive trap for you where you don't know what is real and what is not. But you're it's kind of like The Matrix. He kind of creates a matrix for you. Um, and you're just incapacitated and going through whatever he's controlling you to do. So in Batman... Final Crisis and all that stuff, Batman is basically trapped into him, and he's living a world where he, his parents didn't die, and he became just sort of like a burnout person, like a not-that-special person. Um, and ultimately, he's so Batman, he realized that he was trapped inside of his own consciousness, and he was able to fight his way out of it and destroy the lump. Um, but... Anyway, I, I was just really pumped because, like, as I was reading this issue this morning, I was like, "This word, the lump, is a really weird word to use this much." And I know it has happened somewhere before in my brain, and that's
1: that's a that's kind of a game changer. I think it's for wow, the series, yeah. and I like, don't
0: know that that's right at all. But if it is, it, this issue basically gave the clearest the indication of what The fact that of the, of the glitching gets
1: more intense as the baby like crying, yeah. like I think. I think you're onto something.
0: Although and, that phrase of when the one panel of dark side is in this, where they're like, oh no, the baby is choking. We can't get like and was it's just terrifying. Like, dark side is. And you're like, fuck yeah.
2: So yeah. So he had like dark side maybe manipulated this thing so that the baby's umbilical cord would have to be cut with that specific tool. Right. I, yeah. And that's have... what uh, in, in my mind, that's why it's a dark side is because this is happening because of dark side.
0: Yeah, I guess I was just thinking about like the, the terror of the baby almost dying being like dark side is like he is manufacturing all oh, of this. Yeah. But but it's sort of the same as what you're saying It's just like we're like, man, the first issue, the first two, there were so many dark side is and we've <clears throat> moved a little bit away from that. But like that's there for a reason. That's and when Tom King was talking about this series, like he said at some point, like he couldn't like, before it started, he couldn't tell people what he had pitched this idea as because it would spoil it. And so I don't know. I think that I th- I think that there's something going on there. So
2: there's a point yeah. here where Mad Harriet says, uh, like Scott tells her that the baby's name is Jacob, mm-hmm. right after the Jacob's ladder that they used to not be able to actually climb out of the pit right. with. And uh, Matt Harriet says, oh, sweet little Jacob, it's finally time to wake up. Reality's about to break up. Mm. I wonder if that's her telling the baby to wake up so that, like, to end this story. Or, like, is it even the baby? Is it is,
0: is it is a full-grown lump
2: making this story? Or dream? is the
0: baby the anti-life equation? Because when it came out of that womb, it looked particularly craggy, like dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I also know that maybe babies just look that way. I think,
2: yeah, I think that's how... Babies come out until they take a breath. Yeah. And you can actually see it. Like when he cuts the umbilical cord, the baby starts to pink mm, a little because bit. Because it
0: oxygenates the blood. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. You know what's weird about babies? What? Everything. I don't. Everything. Everything <laughs> is weird about babies. But So when they're inside, they're not breathing. hmm Right? And when they come out and you cut their umbilical cord or what, like when they, when they take their first breath, everything having to do with their breathing reverses. And so instead of not needing oxygen this specific way, now they can only get oxygen that way.
0: That is like the most dramatic change in the functioning of a human body that happens until you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Isn't that nuts? Oof.
0: Yeah, I don't really want to get rebirthed. <clears throat>
2: um, I I like your take on this, Jeff. I just thought it was a super uh, well-done, intense story about
0: babies being born. Well, it that was it what was, I thought, basically all day until I was just driving around alone today, and I was just like that word, the lump, like the lump, and then I had I pictured the lump sitting in that chair in the Morrison Run. I
1: I, like, oh, I only assumed it was just like a, an old New Gods character or something. I didn't I didn't realize its reality implications that like come with that.
0: Well, again. This is. I. I, I am not. Like, I trust people like Justin and Rome. I think that's. A, I think that's like a. a that's,
1: that's a pretty educated guess you've made. Mm, yeah, it yeah, sounds good so to educated. me.
3: Especially because right before they say that on the last page, it's only vile granny. <clears throat> excuse me. Only vile granny goodness would find an adversary like the lump.
0: Um, I would give this uh, 8.5. 9.5. Two thumbs up. Okay. You're a <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs>
3: there, there's two thumbs up right here in the doctor when he's got his thumbs out. That's a very Kirby, those two panels. When the doctor's about to grab the kid's head.
0: It is. We're just seeing out of the cervix. The baby yeah. coming out is very Kirby. Like yeah. It's for short and
3: everything. Kirby. Okay. Kirby. Yeah. Uh, awesome. God, no frick. Now I don't know what to do. 9.8. Whoa. There it is. Okay, I'll give it a 10.
0: All right. I was no. gonna say, what did you dock at <laughs> point two for? Yeah, I don't I was, know. Well, I was gonna say we were just we moved from doing a like ten po- or twenty point scale to maybe doing a five point. <laughs> Instead, you decided to add point tens.
3: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do a ten actually because this because yeah, this. Do you guys know Bendis is coming? Because this affected me. Bendis is. Um, huh. you, know, you know how much a good rigatoni cost?
1: No, It's a joke.
3: Some, something this like I think slightly? it's something like uh, thirty pieces of gold. Oh, it's
0: silver. That was a fucking killer segue. Judas, thirty pieces of silver.
3: Silver, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not even. Not did even you, worth. 30 did you of guys?
0: More. Oh man.
3: I was thinking D and D gold.
0: Betrayed <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. One of you guys betrayed Jesus every uh, day. Someone of my at life. this table. Jeff <laughs> Loveness and Jacob Rubelka wrote a G- Jesus mini series G- about Judas that was four issues long. Give me a. Tell me about that.
1: Um, <laughs> You told me about it. It's Judas. He's He's gone to hell, and the devil's like, hey, buddy, they fucked us over. Doesn't that suck? And look, Jesus is there, too. They fucked him, too. That sucks. Um, but Judas forgives Jesus, so it's okay.
3: So we're the Bible boys here, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. we're you the and thumpers. me. A couple of Bible boys. A couple thumpers. I, I wasn't even baptized.
0: Brady, you were baptized, right?
2: Uh, uh, of course. Duh, right? <laughs> yeah. Baptized in fire
0: right here. <laughs> Cajun fire. Oh. Um, Roman and Brayden, what did you, Roman and Django, what did you guys think of this?
3: I, I haven't read it yet. Oh, oh God.
2: God. <laughs> it's Roman, in, it's in, in my pile of gosh. Read. Careful. I have,
0: Careful. I have, I have like
2: three comics, comics left listening. to read this
3: week, and Judas is one of them.
2: This was great. It's, uh, it's It's the end of the four issue series that we've all been pretty stoked on the yeah. whole time. And at the end of last issue, I think, if I'm right, we all kind of thought we knew where it was going.
0: Right? And. Wait, actually, Braden and I had two pretty different theories, and it was neither of them. Right? Yeah. Right. I thought there was going to be a meta, he was releasing him from the story, and you thought he was going into hell to save him.
1: Yeah. And
2: it wasn't either. Really? I mean, ish.
0: So, this is like if Jesus and Judas had starred in Pineapple Express. (laughs) <laughs> it was like the greatest buddy sacrifice story ever. I woke up this morning after not... I didn't get to read any of my books on a Tuesday. Um, I had to wake up early on Wednesday. I woke up especially early, and I i read the books I was most excited about, which was this one. Um, man, I was just crying on the couch oh, this morning reading this book, and Sam was next to me, and I was just like hiding my teary, teary face. This one actually, like really really affected me and I do think that like one of the most profoundly moving things to me is like buddy love Mm -hmm. like I just like even more than like romantic love I just really support like buddies
2: if I could come share your mic right now I would I know that's why I'm (laughs) still here
3: I just realized buddy love that was the name of a Jerry Lewis character that's also from Nutty Professor Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, not okay. a professor. Yeah, He's got a
0: brief cameo in D- hell the, the
3: original issue. with Jerry Lewis.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that Eddie Murphy remade that. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a remake. Man, it's, I mean, basically the big crux of this is that Judas forgave Jesus. And Jesus is in hell because he took on everyone's sins at the end of the Bible, (laughs) in the middle of the Bible. Um, Spoilers. But, uh, and I, I, that was a thing that this series introduced me to is the concept of that, like, Jesus died for our sins, but he would then go to hell. Um, Mm -hmm. And as they're talking in hell, he says that, like, no, the actual real sin that I committed was betraying you, Judas. And then, like, Judas forgives him which allows jesus to go either back to earth or to heaven but judas has to just stay in hell he goes back to earth jesus does yeah oh yeah this is is, is in between the resurrection yeah Mm -hmm. that's even cooler Yeah. yeah and then basically judas wanders hell for eternity looking for broken souls and sort of plays jesus's role in hell and i just think that that is like incredibly poetic and beautiful and made me rethink a really common story that I've written off. Uh, And it just, just cuts to this full black page of a Bible verse. And yeah, I just, I, I was losing it while reading this. I think, I think this is a really, really spectacular book that made me think things that I don't normally think. And that's ultimately why I love art of different types is it just puts a new idea in my brain. So this one was really, really good.
2: I, uh, I would like to read this whole series again and pay very close attention to it because I think there's a like we were talking about I gloss over a lot when I'm reading comics. I get the plot more than I get the uh like the 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 meaning. And this this book very obviously has a lot of thought that was put into it to go along with the pretty pictures and the story that's happening.
0: And I'm super like, what else is this person going to write? I don't know this name. And I don't know if they're like a theologian or if they're a comic fan who also has... When I, I don't know where I've, this came from. They've
1: clearly got some Bible
0: history. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I would love to see more.
2: There's a line in here that I liked a whole lot. And I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's like directly from the Bible. I don't know if I can find it here. But at some point, um, Judas is talking about how he uh he did a thing that's so bad no one's ever going to be named yeah his yeah. name and that was chilling
0: it was chilling cuz it's like true it's it's judas
2: and it's hitler and it stops there
0: yeah like there are right? no names really that people refute but like you don't meet Judases. no <laughs> no and you don't even need Adolf's, I guess. No, no, but it, that's. it Attila. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. There's tons of them, Roman. But like that, I don't know. That's that's brilliant writing. Like yeah. that's true. Like that's, you, you you say Judas is an insult. So like what? I don't yeah. know. What a what a concept.
3: And I'm not a religious guy. What's the deal with the wandering Jew? Is, is Judas kind of the wandering Jew in hell?
2: Jesus was the wandering Jew, right? And so yeah. in oh. this story. Um, Judas becomes the the wandering Jew in hell. Yeah, in hell, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Brayden, Judas. what I mean what do
0: you what as as my fellow thumper?
1: Um I I didn't uh connect with it as deeply as that mm-hmm. like I wasn't having a super emotional reaction to it, but I did really like it still and I don't know, I like the art like especially like Jesus getting forgiven. It's like it's a it's a I don't know, I feel like this book just came together really well. It was a nice, like, short four-issue thing that just, like, kind of Boom. told this cool s- series, and like, I don't know, it was fucking good. And I hope the the trade comes out around Easter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> hey, the uh, the art to me reminds me of uh, the guy that's doing Days of Hate and who did Starve, but like, if somebody turned on the light, ah. that guy's art kind of <laughs>
0: reminds me of Infidel. Actually, really, thing I was gonna say.
2: Mm-hmm. We'll get to that.
0: Um. Yeah, I give give this a real high rating. I would give it um, a 9 this week. I actually think it was the favorite thing I read. I think that there's, like, nothing more (laughs) moving to me than, like, people who have been wronged forgiving the person that wronged them. That's, like, Mm -hmm. a really profound instance of humanity to me. Uh, So that's what got me.
2: What do you give the whole series?
0: I give the whole series an 8.5, and I give this issue a 9. I think that issue 3, maybe, rolled a little bit, Mm -hmm. but, like... Eight point five nine, like it's it's a very good series. I think my mom would like reading it. I think that people who are not into religion would like reading it. I think that it has a lot of appeal.
2: Yeah, it doesn't really require a huge knowledge base to to read. Like if mm-hmm. you don't know the story of Judas betraying Jesus, you're missing a big part of mm-hmm. stories. Religion? I think. <laughs> it's not even religion. No, like, no, it's not, you're like right, you're right. that is a story that you should know, yeah. whether you believe that it actually happened or just so that you know why people call you a Judas, you yeah. dirty bastard. Um,
1: but, yeah,
2: uh, yeah I, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, it seems like something that, like, you know, someone who's, like, devout and, like, a uh, thorough Christian, like, could read this and still enjoy I mean, certainly yeah. not just the first issue, but...
2: Well, we've got a couple of pastor customers who I would love to get their their take on it. Yeah, and, we have a pastor customer who loves this book that's been
0: getting Yeah, out. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, I'm going to give this issue an 8, and I'm going to give the series a 9. Um, I liked the setup more than I liked the middle bit, but I think the beginning and end is top-notch. Eight
1: Black Halos for this issue. Mm. I think I give this issue an 8, and the series an 8.5. I think maybe some part of me was hoping it would be a little darker and not have such a good ending but this is clearly like the natural best ending for the book i think that could have come out of it
2: yeah it's but. happening between the pages of the bible really yeah which so like you know once you know the beginning you know the end of this story yeah so they're kind of shackled to that yeah that resolution no matter how it happens right I'm just glad Jesus wasn't so good that he couldn't stay in hell. I'm glad that he had to be forgiven. On the talk of betrayal, which
0: ties into our next book, which ties into a tangential thing I have for us, Um, guys, I was on my way down here, and, man, I read the most disturbing, like, a new fucking celebrity. Like, some actress just murdered her husband. Um, What? Like, in their house, in the kitchen. Like, uh, and I can't remember... It was like Reese um, Witherspoon. No, it was with a knife. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Zing, didn't read anything. Detective Comics nine seventy six. Yeah, God. you did.
2: I thought you were going for Stephen Hawking, and then I thought you were going for Reese Witherspoon. Nope. No. Yeah. No yeah. one, bro. It's a good one. Good one. It's uh, to get wrong. you back. We, we, yeah, you think so? Get you back tonight. Yeah. With your spoon. Before this podcast is over, I'm gonna get you back. Mm. Oh
0: gosh. <laughs> mm. I was nervous about that one. I got it This is it's good. All right. Somebody, somebody intro me, Detective. You know so, what? So does Tim Jeffrey,
1: I, I trusted you. But never again.
0: <laughs>
1: I think I Tim,
3: Tim Drake feels like a little bit like Batman to Judas. Oh, oh.
0: Um, with his husband as it were uh,
1: <laughs> detective comics 976 has a wonderful cover of uh, Tim Drake as Robin leaving the Batcave Batman has a super grumpy look on his face and Tim says I trusted you Batman dot 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 never again and it's so dramatic and brutal. Batman um, just looks like he's waiting for Tim to leave so he can pass <laughs> gas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this issue was by Jameson Fourth on writing uh, Javier Fernandez, uh, John Kellys, and Sal Cipriano. Um, this is the first issue of Jimmy T. I.V.'s last arc on this series.
2: No I way! Found out today. This yeah. is
0: his final arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, because
2: Bendis is coming And he's going to take over this series too right? yeah, Bendis He's going to be is... writing Batman and Detective
1: mm-hmm. Apparently James is going to be working on Something else at DC, something big But Do we know who's taking over Detective? I don't know and I hope it's not like Just one shots and weird stuff Like they were kind of doing it in the New 52 Two. would be okay
2: with it if it was a series of them Before they settled
0: on a final writer Yeah
1: that'd probably be good um, I... this, is a, this would be a, a weird act to follow
0: And they haven't announced his next book? I think they have. I, I, th- I feel like I saw his name as a new writing credit on a new series he's placing be, the most recent order. Is it
1: from that new DC imprint? It might be. He's not on the, the it, Black DC I, Black. It's not? I don't think so.
0: It might be. Anyway, uh, we could we could look it up while we're talking. Brayden, you, I can't reach you tell final. me about your feelings. I get it. And Jango's going to look this up.
1: Um, several weeks ago. The future is such a strange concept. It means two contradictory things you see. In one form, I'm just reading the comments. <laughs> um, I thought
0: you were doing a haiku. No. The future is such Bendis a strange. Bendis
1: is fucking coming. That's all I that's all I know. Um <laughs> This issue starts with a really great uh flashback of Orphan uh Cassandra Kane? Yep. Um taking out some some bad people who are looks like they're trafficking kids or something and she's working with clayface and it's really good to see clayface again um i think this artist did a really cool job with with him not as i can't remember who drew the the big clayface issue where he's like becoming the road and doing all these crazy loop-de-loops with the batmobile and stuff because that was amazing but this was really good too it had some good action beats but also it's uh Cassandra Kane is pretty pretty uh, bummed out about this whole Clayface thing, and, like, she's getting, like, therapy from Leslie Tompkins, who talks to Bruce afterwards and brings up a really good point about how he's, like, been such a huge father figure to, like, all the Robins, but, like, everyone else, like, he hasn't really given as much time or attention, like Cassandra Kane or, like, any of like the other Batgirls and stuff. Like,
2: So he just likes the boys' club?
1: Yeah, and...
2: Because she doesn't know that Carrie Kelly's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is she? She was kind of in New 52 for a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> what does seem
2: Hey, can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. I haven't been reading this, but um, you said Leslie Tompkins is in this? Yeah. And she sometimes patches Batman up, right? Yeah. Like when she gives him saline solution, is it a, a Leslie T.I.V.?
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah it is that was really good oh, especially if you are ever around braden regularly mm. that was a particularly good one. oh I'll, I'll,
1: I'll tell jimmy about it <laughs> uh yeah leslie Liz- shows up for a bit and she sh- she calls batman on his bullshit and uh batwoman however is taking out Court of Owls assassins who are still running, running around, I guess. I, I I, never actually finished the Court of Owls arc with Scott Snyder, but I guess Batman didn't get them all. So, no,
0: they're a timeless organization. Way to go,
1: Bruce. Um, Batwoman's working with her dad with the colony. She's trying to do it better. She gets uh, Azrael and Batwing on board, so that's progressing, and it's interesting and alarming because i don't know if she's gonna uh, like go bad she talks about at one point how they want to be you know non-lethal all the time but nine out of ten times she says but there's a tenth time every now and then where like you have to pull the trigger like that's how she kind of classifies clayface and... the
0: vibe i got from the last issue when she like decides to team up with her dad and all the mm-hmm. ships show up was that that was a red herring. Like the conversation that led up to that felt to me like it was her deciding to not go with him. Yeah. And then she showed up with him. M- my feeling is that she's she's on Batman's side and she's just Yeah, I do. And I, not even like in a fun way. I I, I just feel, I don't know.
1: Okay. I <sighs> I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not sure I could see I could see either way. I She's certainly on his side for now, but
2: Brayden, you love Jimmy TIV. Yeah. Okay, I see your pupils dilate when you say his name. (laughs) Um, Do you like Scott Snyder in any any amount even approaching that? Because I feel like James Tinian learned a lot and and was kind of brought in and taken under the wing of Scott Snyder. And I think that at least in The New 52, you could almost just – put Scott Snyder's name on something Tinian was writing and and it would have been believable. Mm-hmm. Um I think his I think his writing has changed, but I'm not sure that his plotting has changed that much from when he was doing stuff pretty in line with
1: I can Scott see Snyder. That. Yeah. The like his dialogue and like his character work and their relationships, I think is mm-hmm. a little more in-depth than Scott Snyder. I think yeah.
0: that he's better at writing non-Batman character. I think Snyder was really Mm -hmm. good at writing Bruce, but I think Jimmy T is better at writing all of the rest of the family relating to him.
2: And I I think he's also better at writing the things that happen between Scott Snyder's panels. I think Scott Scott drags things out for a long time, but you never really get many conversations between people. It's like... Plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point, it's and like, not a lot of discussion about them. It's
0: like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Scott Snyder can create the entire spinal cord, and Jimmy T creates all the vertebrae that comprises it. Yeah, like no. he could he could plot well. I got an idea. Go on. Tell me what you guys think. Okay.
2: Uh, I hate it. What if, what if comics, could be covered like songs? So you take this cool detective comic series. And you give it to an artist who has all the time that they want to work on it. And you give it to an editor who can fool with the words to let the art say some of the words. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, you get the Dark Knight Returns, but with a different
0: artist. Well, so it would be real cool. Yeah, I would love, and I feel like maybe even DC kind of did it somewhere, but I would love for there to be a Batman anthology where there was, like, a single-issue story. And five artists got the same script and they all drew the comic book differently and then put it in a graphic novel together. I would love that. They
2: do that with Detective Comics number 27 every few years. Yeah. Like Detective 627 has a total retelling in the, at the time, the modern style.
0: And I, I would love even just to have like a current, like if you could get a great writer to come on and tell a story. Uh, you know like if Alan Moore was ever going to do a Batman story again and then be mm-hmm. like alright cool here's Jim Lee and this guy and this guy and this guy give the script to all of them and let's see how they interpret it because you know that's that's a lot of where my interest in comics lies <laughs> is sort of that relationship and the behind the scene things and why do people make the decisions that they do
2: I'll bet that would sell almost as well as the Commandy series that they just did which <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's kind
2: of the opposite of that idea, but Mm -hmm. kind of along the same lines of like the creative process being the focus rather than the story or the characters being the focus.
0: And I think with this particular series, unfortunately, I think that if I were able to just sort of enjoy getting a story, I would like Detective Comics more because I think it's a good (coughs) story, but. I have this, like, awkward, like, I challenge you to do it in a better way, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think this is a really good story, but I think it seems like their priority is telling the story, and it's not, like, people trying to be on the top of their game. You know, I it's can not,
2: wiki like... the story.
0: Yeah, or, like, Mr. Miracle. You just feel like they're bringing their fucking A game, whereas as this feels like there's a script and a story that they need to get out every two weeks, you know? What do you think, Brayden? Cuz you're Yeah, I mean like we you this really is a like thing this. that we've broached a lot.
1: I don't think like I don't think James is just like cranking this out like
0: No, I think that DC is cranking it out. I think yeah. that this script is great. Um I think if this were coming out once a month, it would give artists more time yeah. to actually
1: I absolutely wish this was a monthly book. When um, you have
0: like three weeks to finish a book versus two months, I think that your head just has to go to how do I visually convey this convey this information. Whereas I think Mitch Garrid's with Mr. Miracles afforded the opportunity to be like, all right, what would I do? What would I all right, that's a way to do it. What else could I do? Mm-hmm. What else could I do? And and this does like this book just doesn't feel like it has the time to do that. If in terms of like creating it. It feels like I feel bad for these artists. Not that they're bad artists, but they just got no time to get this script in and then get it out. Um, and I guess I take the vantage point of what is this going to be like as a collected hardcover and not from the viewpoint of what is it like to get this story every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Like. I like Frank Quietly Art. Like, if I need to wait three months between issues, I'll wait three months between issues because I'm working for that $100 hardcover that's going to be on my wall in 10 (laughs) years, you know?
1: I mean, I'm always happy to wait for something better. And I wish comics, I wish DC and Marvel would be okay with that, but...
2: Well, they are with the doomsday clock and everybody's mad at us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this, this is a really really good book and i just i would say that the only flaw is dc's editorial getting this book out in the fashion that they have i think that i think that jimmy t iv i think that he deserves a little bit more respect than he's given yeah jimmy t and that's because brayden taught me to feel that way uh, i teach right how many well, thumb numbers, numbers do you things? give it
1: uh i give it i give it a nine I, I i fucking loved it yeah it's uh well there's the one panel in particular where uh Tim says, I know it's all been rough on me, but this is something bigger. I accept that. I don't care what happens to me. And Batman interrupts and turns around and he's like, Well I do, damn it. And it's like, ugh. Oh, it was heart wrenching and it made me tear up a little bit. So nice. I love it. I'm buying this book still. I'm not
2: reading it. But I'm buying it because I trust Braden. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I read it because I trust Braden. I I give it a 7.5. And the holdups for that are 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 just that I think this is a great story, and I think that, like, my favorite comic books, the art provides new, different information, and I'm not really getting it from that. And it's, it's like, the highest quality B-level book, I think, that's out there. And I think that it's just almost on the cusp of being a top-tier book.
2: When I was first starting to collect comics... Mm-hmm. Batman and Detective were very closely tied together, mm-hmm. and they would have, like, part one in Batman and part two in Detective, mm-hmm. and then they'd have one-shots, and then they'd have part one in Detective and part two in Batman. I really liked that. And part of it was real short story arcs. Um, part of it was it was, like, Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle and Denny O'Neill and Jim Aparo doing all the art. Um, but it was like these these really small bite sized things that were coming out every other week. But you didn't you didn't have the same creative team forced to do, or you didn't have a creative team trying to get a book out every other week. You had two creative mm-hmm. teams working together to get a book out every other week. Um, and if Jimmy Tiv stops this train. Which he's going to. I would like to see. I would like to see Detective go to kind of a short little blurby story, story, yeah. story, story for a little while at least. Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I think about this book and my feelings about it way more than I think about my feelings about other books because of Braden. Like I, <laughs> I I think about it a great deal. Um, and it, it reminds me sort of in the same way that like when Grant Morrison's Batman was coming out, Chris Burnham drew twenty pages and there was always like two or three pages that a fill-in artist did and i was right. always just like just make me wait three more weeks i'll yeah, wait three more weeks
1: i had the same thing with the different batman series yeah. that was coming out back then yeah. yeah yeah
0: so um so yeah uh cool did i give a score
1: you said 7.5 7. 7. 7.5 yeah, 7. or 8 was yeah, just yeah. were we the only two who read it i
3: read it Jenga, Roman, are you here? Are you <laughs> awake? Are you saying things? No, no. I was letting brain go. Um, I'll, give it a, I'll give it an eight because I really enjoy it. The, the thing I like best about in this current storyline is Cassandra Kane how seeing mm-hmm. Clayface killed in front of her by another member of the Bat family is affecting her because now she's, as she reveals to Leslie, because um, now Cassandra's worried, well, Clayface was bad, but he was trying to be good, and they want me to try and be good, but I think I'm bad. So, does this mean eventually one of them's going to shoot me? Mm-hmm. So, now her trauma is coming up. And I like the fact that Batman, maybe for the first time, is insisting that members of the Bat family get some psychological counseling. He wants it for Cassandra, and he tells Tim Drake at the end of this, You know, I want you to talk to Leslie too. And Tim like blows it off. He goes and punches a but, wall. Yeah. Also, I don't know when Leslie became a psychologist because I thought she was a you know medical physical doctor. She's, she's <laughs>
1: a doctor of all trades. She, yeah. Like but Hank Pym. Nope. <laughs>
0: I think. Oh, uh, Parks and Recreation. Uh, uh. I think that uh, this series, I think, was the thing that stapled uh, Jimmy Tiv as like a, as Ka-chum. a really high high quality writer. I think that this will this this run will have changed his career. I think.
2: Listen. Speaking of changing careers. Yeah. Did you ever have a friend who was a cheerleader, but then it turned out that she was, uh... I got nothing. I got, yeah, an, vampire ex-girlfriend. Hunter, I got an ex-girlfriend. I got an ex-girlfriend that did that. Yeah? What did she turn into? Vampire hunter, Vamp- like Braden was saying.
1: Vampire hunter? Well... I wish I'd read this. But also like a vampire. Kind of like a... Blade you mean... You
3: mean kind of like something? how Betty is a werewolf hunter in that Jughead series? I mean,
1: she's on... Hunt- Vampironica. Number Vamp- one. <laughs> number
2: one. By... Husband and wife team? Greg and Meg Smallwood. Brother, but- and, sister brother and sister
3: team. Brother
1: sister team? Brother sister.
3: Brother, is, sister, that, is that what they are? Brother, sister, Grandfather, granddaughter. I don't know.
0: If they are married, that's crazy that their names are Greg and Meg. Um. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and their mother's name is Peg.
2: And their dad's name is...
1: Jack Morelli?
0: Reg? Reg?
1: Pegleg.
0: Leg? <laughs> Peg Leg Pete.
2: Greg. Peg Greg. Meg. <laughs> are you looking that up? Mm-hmm. Is that... It... Are they? Are, are Should they we from, stall?
3: Are they from? Yeah, we just okay. started. Are they from Tennessee or something? Like, are they brother, sister, mother, uncle, cousins? So, what like?
1: oh, comic man, book would, would you write with your significant other? Uh, it would probably be.
2: Uh, I bet it would just be called, glitter. Glitter murder. <laughs> yeah, glitter murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> glitter yeah. down. So this is one of those awesome, awesome books that you get to read by a brother and sister. You know, Sweet. who just write and draw a thing together. And how wonderful is that.
2: I can't think of another brother, sister or even other than like the Luna brothers in in comics. Can we think of another sibling duo?
0: I can't. Day Tripper. Are they are they brothers? Twins.
1: Really? I wouldn't write a damn thing with my brother.
0: If you are selling day tripper people without telling them immediately that they're twin Brazilian brothers, then you and I have a very different sales <laughs> pitch on that book. I
2: just tell them it made me cry at a family reunion and that people, means people ask for the
0: hardcover. That does mean more coming from you than it does from <laughs> <people> <laughs> me. like, oh, Jeff cried again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you need, to, you need to pitch this in a way that sets it apart from every other book.
3: <laughs> I've got an old brother, sister. though so They didn't often do stuff together. Who? John, John Servin and Marie Servin.
0: He's just he's just he's making, making up shit
3: upwards. now. No, they worked for EC. They worked for Marvel. Greg sure. Smallwood
0: <laughs> did the art in Jeff Lemire's uh, Moon Knight book that we absolutely loved and talked about a lot on the podcast. Uh, what did you guys feel about this book relative to all those other horror Archie books that have been coming out?
1: Um, I didn't like it as much as the first Jughead the Hunger one-shop, but I'm liking it more than the Jughead Hunger With series. The different that's yeah. And yeah. Stuff.
3: yeah. Um, I love Veronica's facial expressions. That's one of my favorite things in this book. She's, she, she gives a good face.
0: I, <laughs> I think that this is my favorite. Roman, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> inspired fired Roman. Um, I think this is my favorite of those horror books. And I think it, it mostly is just on the art. I love this guy's art. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the you're right, Roman. I didn't read it, but flipping through this, yeah, I mean, look, these I'm, faces are. Amazing. Yeah, look at her face yeah, in this panel when that
3: guy slat the ghoul slashes at her and just her determined look there. I love the car the car wreck scene. That Where was intense. Says,
1: car beats face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. hoping that would be the end of that vampire. Like he shows up again at the end, but I was kind of hoping like yeah got like, him. like she's driving a Honda Steak, and that yeah. counts. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a silver fender or silver something. bullet. Dude the yeah. shot
0: where the cars hit and she is thrown yeah. out of the vehicle is like oh <laughs> it's a very aggressive. Yeah, heavy and then scene. she
3: hits the pavement. Jeez. What yeah. Intense. Crash splunge, womp. I and mean, those those was uh, good. I didn't like it as much as Sabrina that's still my favorite mm.
1: Archie horror book, but I've been kind of falling out of love with Sabrina lately. <gasps> but is that cuz it hasn't come out in no, like the, the a witch's the, age. The 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 newest arc on it hasn't really compelled me mm-hmm. that much, but. Uh so Jeff, you
2: you've I've heard you say a couple times today that you like this art probably the most of the Archie horror. That that includes Francisco Francavilla
0: And like Sabrina, I think that I'm not as into him as I used to be. Okay. I I think my big complaint with him is that uh all of his art seems to be like have just like three or four different colors in it it's either like black orange red or yellow um very spooky yeah but it all feels very halloween like this one is this one has a a much more versatile tone and this i think probably even could have used a little bit more text but this is the kind of book that like if somebody was like hey do you want to read a vampire veronica book i would be like no but <laughs> do you want to look at if one? the art is gorgeous and the art is doing the bulk of the storytelling? Then I am way more interested in it. Uh, and what I really liked about this was the pacing in it. Like it, it, it was half of the story was text and half of the story was art, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was using both halves of my brain uh, while reading it. And I, I really like that. I, I guess I just don't like really, really text-heavy books. And none of these pages had a huge amount of words. Like it was. Every page was a pleasure to look at because of the colors and the faces and the shading. Like it, it's, it's, a, it's like it really is a gorgeous art. He, I loved his Moon Knight stuff. Um, his paneling is interesting and kind of sparse. This looks better than the Moon Knight stuff to me. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I could say that. Didn't
2: We talked to the Archie people at Comics Pro a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Weren't they saying that they were putting things out on a six-week schedule? I don't remember that, that,
0: but I would believe that. I
2: think they're putting out their books on a a six- or seven-week schedule, which they said gives the artists more time to to dedicate to an issue.
0: I think the reason, like, once a month doesn't necessarily make sense, other than it makes it easier as a consumer to come in on the final week of a month to get this thing. I would love
1: it if it was every four weeks. Giving artists enough time to do... I think that sounds... Their
2: job? Yeah, what is...
1: Yeah. Is this comics we're talking about?
2: (laughs) I want it crappy and I want it fast. I'm pretty sure it was Archie that was saying that. I I believe that. And and it seems to kind of be like Jughead the Hunger. I've always forgotten that it's an ongoing by the time it comes out. (laughs) I would say that
0: that whole Comics Pro, every interaction we had, the first half of it was me just talking to myself about how uncomfortable I was until we got to the point where I started talking too much. And that that was just every table we went to. It was great. Sure,
2: it was great. You averaged out to the to like the perfect amount of talking.
0: Yeah, but I did find myself talking to publishers alone after everybody left more often than not because I don't like talking in front of people. What do you guys give this, what do, this this
2: vampirotic, uh, vampironic, uh, comic?
0: I give it a seven point five. I don't think it is changing the wheel, but I think it was real pretty to look at, and I will never feel bad about investing eight or nine minutes in a book what does annoy me is if i have to spend like 25 minutes on a book to get through it and i'm not enjoying it like i'm a guy who spends too much time thinking about efficiency and time and enjoyment and at work and everything and comics unfortunately filter into that so yeah i think the balance of it was quick but i also didn't care that much so it was perfect
3: (laughs) did you read did you read the uh the Riverdale Gazette is newspaper article name in the Statler? back. <laughs> just because it's just because it's, it's, it's really good. It gets into the tuberculosis scare in Riverdale in the 1800s and how that led to, you know, perhaps tied into the vampire oh, plagues.
1: That doesn't sound interesting, Roman. I'm sorry. Oh,
3: it very it very much is. <laughs> Does it go back to Tuber- tuberculosis? is fascinating. We call that tubbies. <laughs> tubbies. Yeah. Oh, oh she's got a case of the tubbies. Man, we
2: need, we need Jeff's expression on this on this here podcast. <laughs> yeah. If there's I mean, people watching me, I don't have fun expressions. That's why I don't like
1: cameras. Well, we can we can make some emoji. <laughs> or something. I just
3: noticed on the cover it says first blood. I didn't notice that before. Speaking of Rambo, Rambo.
2: what kind of score do you give it?
3: I will give it a eight. No, no, seven. <sighs> close call.
2: It was a very close <laughs> call. You almost. Good thing you caught yourself there. <laughs> Jesus. What if we weren't able to give it a seven? What would you give it?
3: Ah, oh, damn. Then I give it an eight.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, Seven point five. I. It was fun. It was good. I, I'm not sure if it's going quite the direction I would hope for me personally, but it's fun. It's cool. Veronica's a vampire. Like that's great.
0: Yeah. I, and I just, I honestly have no dog in the fight over the direction. Yeah. Like I just like, I just like the pictures enough that I will probably always read this book unless it mm-hmm. becomes really
3: wordy. Did you mm-hmm. guys notice on the B cover, the Franco cover? It's yeah. It's Jugheads. Like, emaciated skull. Oh, that's really You know cool. how we ordered as many of that as we did? I didn't notice that.
0: Finger pointing at brain. Oh, mm-hmm. Raised loves nice. jughead. Where's my, where's my jughead cover?
3: Did you oh, guys read ha- Eternity Girl? Oh, I nope. had one. I had one for this. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Roman's
0: our guy. How he I, kind I, of I, fell okay. on it last well, week, well, did, but now
3: he's he's really risen. Well, did you guys hear what I heard this we week? We did, Judas. What did, oh, God, wait. I was thinking about bread.
1: What did <laughs> you hear, Roman?
3: I heard that the rumored years ago... Um, gail simone plastic man series is gonna happen
0: i meant to tell with you that Art, yesterday they announced <laughs> it with a cover and everything oh with the cover
3: i haven't seen the cover
0: there is a gail simone plastic man book coming out and all i've wanted to do is tell roman about it but do you remember how many things i was excited to tell you about yesterday yeah like it just every 30 minutes yeah and that was one of them hard
3: wow. Art by ethan van skyver that's amazing i, I mean that. we've been waiting an eternity for that that was okay it's yeah, all right. Hey. We've been waiting
1: an eternity for Plastic Man to be written yeah. by a girl.
3: Yeah.
2: Hey, I don't mean to derail your, your segue.
1: But it's taking an eternity to get through. This.
2: Oh! <laughs> girl! Did you know, Roman, ah. that if you come to Moonbase anytime that we're open, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday,
3: Thursday, Friday, you Saturday, can Saturday. actually
2: read the first six or eight issues of Plastic Man on mm-hmm. our new microfiche viewer? <gasps> I mean,
3: I've read those issues in their hard, 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 hard covers, but...
2: Alright, fine. I didn't want you to come over there anyway. Well, no, well, I, I read this. <laughs> I read it, too. I bet you didn't like it, Django. I didn't... I liked it more than I li- I've liked most of the Young Animal books. I felt okay. like it was more cohesive, and I could track what was going on. I could... A lot of the Young Animal books kind of feel like I'm watching a dream or a drug trip, and as we've discussed in previous episodes. That's not my favorite kind of story or comic. This one, that was definitely going on, but I could track what seemed to be real and what seemed to be a dream or a flashback or whatever, and I appreciated that. I had a pretty good handle. By the end of it, I had a good handle on who she was, who her other personality or her other form was, and who the other characters were. So, um, no, I didn't like it, but I liked it a lot more than I've liked most of these other books.
1: I liked it. I didn't love it. <laughs> um, I I I I was having trouble following it because it, it it is weird and it's certainly a little more followable than some of the other young animal stuff, but uh, yeah, it's also like I I don't have a handle on what exactly she is and what she can and can't do, mm-hmm. except that she can't die apparently, which I think is. The crux of the story, so that's all I feel like I really need to know yeah,
2: she's bummed out
1: that she can't die, but she she can do these pretty amazing things uh, and at the same time
2: she's kind of stuck in this job that she's not she's not super impressed with the way that they've yeah. dealt with the fact that they caused her to have this I, I don't know if it's a mutation or just this this like shift of her state,
1: yeah, something happened with her where she like ended up like take like a co-worker of her, like, lost her arm, and, like, she freaked mm-hmm. out and something overreacted. But she worked for, like, some organization that, like, employed her as a superhero. Yeah. And now they kind of want her at, at a desk job, basically, yeah. instead of out in the field doing stuff, which she really wants to get back to. She's going through all this therapy, but...
2: Roman, I feel like you probably saw the read afar behind all this. Can you, uh, can you tell us what the deal is with this comic?
3: Um, it's a metaphor for identity issues and trauma. I knew it. I, I knew he could tell us. <laughs> <laughs> though I don't, don't, don't know the connection to Rita Farr, though, she's had some identity stuff going on, too. Um, yeah, I'm not sure this has anything to do with Rita. Yeah, I maybe just not directly. I like the metaphorical Rita Farr. Like, Rome, um, I knew what you meant, Jango. Yeah, Jeff knew. Rita Jeff Farr, knew. superstar. The Alpha 13 of it. I liked it a lot. It was Alpha 5, actually.
0: Ay ay ay, rangers! <laughs> <laughs> i got gotcha. you
2: man we're just that we're just awesome. taking this uh one person understands what the other person said passing it around the table so
3: <laughs> <laughs> we do i liked it a lot i'm not quite sure i understand it all i mean i like the fact that she was a shape shifter at first and now she's lost that ability she's stuck in her um this one form that she kind of hates and she also has a how do they describe it a she's an intrinsic field, which I forgot I was going to look that up because I'm not even sure what that means exactly. But that's her other form. Um, she's not really human anymore. She's having these maybe hallucinations where her old foe shows up that's basically a talking corpse. And
1: Her name is Madam Adam, and I think that's great. <laughs>
2: <Madam Adam>. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like her character design, too. Um, do we have numbers? And then uh, are we
1: doing a buckshot? Is
2: we're there gonna a buckshot?
0: A, we're going to do today? quick buckshots and then finish, finish up. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. seven.
0: Six. Eight. All right. Wow, there that was are. very let I should start it with you. Um, guys, <laughs> we're gonna do book shots this week, but I, <laughs> I do... Oh, not yet? I feel like we all, with the exception of Braden, didn't read quite enough books. <laughs> I, I just personally haven't had enough time. I'm just gonna talk about one. Um,
1: Sorry I do my job.
0: You are amazing. <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe we'll just talk for a minute this week. But if, if everybody else has... Fuck it. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm not trying to Let's hold
2: people Let's talk to... Up. Uh, that Route. I'm going on a vacation
0: tomorrow. Oh yeah. I'm, I when people hear this podcast, I will be probably in the middle of California. I am taking my longest vacation from this store in the almost five years that I've been here, which makes me very sad because I love being here.
2: What if you took like two shorter vacations in a year? Do you think that, that would, would be, be as way effective?
0: better for me? That would be way I'm just I don't I don't take a vacation. I was sort of pushed into taking this by my roommates and they're like fuck it let's go for a you know three weeks and i'm like i can get i could i can personally i can i can allow myself five days off that's what i can allow myself so we squished that between a couple weekends um (laughs) i can't i can't have five shifts need to be covered six seven come on you're not even working here at that point um who wants to start Braden! 90 <laughs> seconds, get it up.
1: Uh, Sleepless, uh, number four. I, I love this series, and uh, it's uh, it's still kind of hard to explain why. Like the, the art is lovely, and the characters are amazing and gorgeous, and there's a lot of politics going on that I'm kind of starting to get more of a grasp on, but I still don't really feel like I need to have a grasp on it. It's uh, got a very Game of Thrones vibe, with less like violence although there is still some fighting here and there but i freaking love it i i think we we ran out of issue number ones here but if you haven't had a chance to take a peek at it i I highly recommend it um also i read all new wolverine number 32 i've been really digging this book i haven't read the entire series but this is another like the last issue was kind of a one shot this one's kind of a one shot too dealing with the orphans of x uh Laura gets to wear a Hawaiian outfit and kill people in it, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, that panel in particular, it was fun. I was uh, I'm very excited for the old woman uh, Laura arc that's coming up because it looks bonkers. Also read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number thirty, which was awesome. Great uh, wrap up to this arc. I didn't like it as much as the Savage Land one, but Nancy and Doreen uh, Squirrel Girl and her roommate get into an actual argument in this and it was really tense and made me worried and they worked it out and everything's fine but it was like whoo I liked it
0: fuck yeah <laughs> that's a squirrel girl I want to read mm-hmm. yeah that was a good I, issue I heard she's leaving off this book Erica, excuse me Erica Henderson is, is, is done with this book Dude, it's like you just told him somebody died. She's got you just did. A, just a I think maybe two issues left.
1: What? Where did you hear that? Don't do this shit live.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's here forever. I talked to her two weeks ago at the con oh, and told no. like Sam was talking about how wonderful it is. She's doing create her own work now.
1: Mm, that's awesome for her. Uh Braden, you got you got numbers? Uh bu- 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 Sleepless uh nine, squirrel girl, nine point five, Only uh, Wolverine eight.
0: So, I am going to talk about um, Marvel 2-in-1 number four. Uh, pff, Human Torch and the Thing are out doing their thing. Uh, Jim Chung is still gone from this book, and Shitty is drawing it. And <laughs> I, uh, this is the best shitty art we've gotten yet. And I do, I Go Valero Shitty, I think is the pronunciation. Um there's a really cool thing that happens with Dr. Doom in here in which he forms with Galactus and I feel like we're getting closer to the Fantastic Four coming back to the Marvel Universe and they're just not telling us. So that's cool. Brayden, I want to use the rest of my time for you to tell me about Deadly Class, please. Oh my
1: gosh. Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a great issue in some ways. Like it's not uh, as teen drama-y as the series has been, which I didn't care for as much, but it's a, it's an action issue like, entire, like the whole way through practically and it's uh, – very blatantly calls out as an homage to Frank Miller, which I thought was super fun and it's Marcus at one point tells himself like he gets in this crazy fight That's where there's like infinite Frank ninjas page. Like and he doesn't know how to deal with it and he's like, I need to stop I need to start thinking about this like Frank Miller and he starts like narrating like Batman Wood in like a Frank Miller book. And it's ah, just awesome. it's super it's super cute. And I this love would it. It should be a good death. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's great. It wasn't my favorite issue of the series, but I, I loved what it was going for, and I thought it did it really well.
0: Cool. I've got four seconds left here, so I, I appreciate. Tell your us summary. a joke, quick. Haiku too. Uh, <laughs> Good joke. I'm just trying. I've been dropping Adam, that on every podcast that we've had the last like month and a half. Did you write a haiku tonight? Uh, I just think that when you say it, it's adorable, I didn't. I just love the way you say a uh, haiku too. Did anybody? Yeah. Somebody did. Somebody did. That's what we're going to close out on. Those I, I, are, just,
2: I just wrote one while you were doing your buckshot.
0: I give uh, this Marvel 2-in-1 a 6.5. It I did like, skim an amount of it, but I think that this is the best um, art by... I should I should tell you guys the artist's name, respectfully. It is Valerio Shidi. Um, this is not as rushed as it was when it seemed like he came in to fill in for Jim Chung, who will be back yeah. with issue 6. Um but, yeah, it's... I,
1: yeah, and I, I don't have a particular problem with this artist, but it was very, like, I think a lot of people got on board with this series for Jim Chung. He's an artist that, like, draws
0: amazing. a crowd. And it yeah. is just really, I think, embarrassing to put two issues out and then put four issues out of yeah. the B artist. Like, But,
1: yeah, Jim Chung is coming back. So if you got yeah. onto this series just for his art, like, he'll be back. But I do, And this is still good.
0: It is still good. And I think that... Chip Zdarsky is writing it better than I expect him to and I do really like this Galactus Doctor Doom
1: apparently he just movie. signed an exclusive, exclusive contract with, with Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. I believe
0: that um, what do you
1: give my uh, I give, buckshot of I give Deadly your Glass?
0: buckshot of it definitely like a 9.8 and I give okay. the issue itself a 7.5 because I think Frank Miller's a hack Mm -mm. (laughs) nope that's not that's not a real opinion i have that's not a real opinion i have i just said it because i thought it'd be controversial and fun roman you're up 90 seconds
3: okay uh avengers number 684 part 10 of no syringers um this was great because the most important thing is jarvis is okay thank god that's really all we need to know and then it's revealed the secret behind voyager um and the hulk actually but the most important thing is jarvis is good
0: is the most more thing that Jarvis is good, or is the Hulk back an Iron Hulk?
3: Yeah, yeah, the Hulk's back, and there's an Iron Hulk with the Red Hulk. But, you know, it's all about Jarvis. That's all <laughs> that matters. Dry, Country, Dry County, number one, by Rich Tommaso. I really like this. It's a crime book. It looks like something from Fantagraphics from the 90s. It was totally engaging. It was really interesting. I don't know why it's called Dry County. Um, it's about this yeah. guy who gets in gets in a relationship with a woman who's in an abusive relationship already, and that leads to trouble. I can identify with that. Uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number 301. This was fun. They go back in time. Peter Parker goes back in time to p- team up with Peter Parker. And also, and he brings Norman Osborn, or Harry, God, J. Jonah Jameson with him. And, of course, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson from our time goes to his his past self and reveals a whole bunch of crap he shouldn't have. Oh, Jonah. And fucking that's,
0: Jonah. Because yeah,
3: he's trying to convince his old self, oh, you're a good guy. You won't do anything bad with this. Jonah's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna lead to problems. And come into me, I loved it. That was awesome. But Jing was gonna talk about that. So what do you wanna do with your five seconds? Oh, crap. Um, 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 uh, that. Well, how about I was yeah. gonna
0: do this joke about how joke. Uh, Dry County could just be called Twisted Roman Five.
3: Ooh, it right? could. <laughs> it could. Yes.
0: You know, Twisted Romance.
2: Django, there you go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Dry County. I also read that. I really oh, liked it. Roman's assessment of it being a crime book is not where I landed on it. I thought it was a romance. Um, it says crime right on cover. Yeah, it says crime. But I, I thought it, I, it feels like a romance comic that has some crime rather than a crime comic <laughs> that has some romance. I actually laughed out loud at a couple parts of it. Uh, his friend is such a dirtbag. And then when he almost gets in a wreck... Um, like, these these girls drive in front of him in a yellow VW bug, and he almost hits them, and they honk. And he's like, holy shit, did you see that, Louie? Those chicks totally wanted to suck my cock. Ew. And he's just like, mm. the whole time he's this dirtbag, but he's also he looks like Sluggo from, uh, from the <laughs> yeah, comic strips. Michael Cray, number six. Ooh. It's a good comic. A good he's com- he's fighting and uh, finally defeats Aquaman in some weird ways, and the whole time there's this, this B-plot where uh, it's eventually revealed that uh, John Constantine is has a shaved head in this universe, and he's just a total dirtbag. Like, he's already a dirtbag, but he's a murderous dirtbag in this. Uh, Coming to Me was really pretty gross. Black Mask is killing it with really gross comics. Um, they take, like, intestines or something and connect people at the back of the neck to kind of Freaky Friday them and switch their bodies. And in this one, this guy... Uh, The the guy who invented it talks to this woman who wants to do it recreationally instead of for her health, and um, she ends up dying on the table. So it's Freaky Friday and one body starting in issue two. Django. Jeffrey. Isn't it weird how much we love Michael Cray? It is, and I've even it's... like I didn't even have to make fun of the art this time because I like the story enough so, it's so like... much I don't even care about kind of the garbagey art. <laughs> and you know what? This is monthly. There's no goddamn excuse for that,
0: man. It's just, what I said to Django is, it's weird that I'm more excited about this book than the actual Wildstorm book, and it's because this one is kind of easy to read. It doesn't take a ton of time, and it's rewarding from the characters that you're interacting with, and it's like a. F- 15 degrees fucked up version of your DC universe. Yeah. Is this
1: just Michael Cray kills the DC universe?
0: Yeah, but the Basically. DC universe is all wrong. Like Aquaman is this
2: evil British mutant prince who thinks he's a god, and John Constantine shaved his head, which is whoa, crazy, man. And
1: like, it's, Do it's. They have a DC character like big reveal at the end of every issue, it
2: seems every like. Every two, it seems every like. Every couple
0: okay. issues. Yeah. So it seems like Wildstorm is this story that is owned by DC. So technically it takes place in the DC universe, but it's a cool story that doesn't could take place anywhere and this side series just takes advantage of like hey, one of the characters in this series is a badass. So let's give him 12 issues of being a badass by killing all of this parallel universe DC characters.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really imaginative. Yeah, it and really is. Really well done from a writing standpoint. Who's writing it? Brian
0: Hill. Okay. And it's co-plotted by Warren Ellis. So like he has architected this whole thing and then hired a guy to write it. Yeah, it'd be yeah, not to give to you
1: see. too much
2: credit, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what... Like, maybe Warren Ellis just said, hey, I had an idea. What if Aquaman was a bad guy? Go write 12 issues and, and put that in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or he could have very specifically said, okay, issue one is this, issue two is that. What if
1: Aquaman was British? Mm-hmm.
0: I want that to be issue seven.
1: <laughs> I wonder if Trevor read this issue.
0: Ooh, oh, that's a good question. He's a, a big... big question. Awesome. What are your scores, Jenga? I'm going
2: to give Come Into Me a 6. 5. uh 6.5. The thing Roman didn't mention in Come Into Me and that I didn't mention is that a lot of the art looks a little bit like John Byrne, which was kind of weird. Um, yeah. Dry County, I'm going to give a 7.5. Rich Tommaso is really hit or miss for me. Um, I liked this one. There's something kind of sweet about it. Even, even like that dirtbag who thinks those chicks want to get with him. He's just a sweet guy. You can, you can tell that he's a sweet guy who's just kind of a dumb, gross guy. Uh, and Michael Cray, I'm going to give God. Am I giving an eight? Yeah, I'd give it a ten if the art was great. Right, <laughs> like it's weird. It, it don't care about Deathblow. No. Not even a little
0: bit. And that's who this is?
2: This is Deathblow.
0: Yeah, I don't even know who that is. This is just to me like a guy in the Wildstorm universe doing stuff. I always forget stuff. that that's Deathblow.
3: Did I give scores to mine? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, no. so Infidel. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Romy? Uh, Avengers sixty-four. I'll give a six, six point six point five. Are we doing points? Sure. Six whatever point gets five. us to the end. of Scores quick. Dry <laughs> <laughs> County. I'll give an eight. Come into me. I'll give a nine. Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. I'll give that a a 7.5.
2: All right. All right. Peter Repeater.
0: Infidel, number one, by Goof. (laughs) Uh, Goof?
2: Nope.
3: I love Goof's comics.
0: By um, Porn Sack Pichet. artist Aaron Campbell. Um, Image book. Uh, I was the last one well actually I think we all sort of read this because uh, we all wanted to but Django actually came in this morning being the first one read it and had some good feelings about it so we all read it
1: yep. it spooked you
2: it spooked me these books it, this is one
0: of those books that's been spooking me
2: just, I like I love that
0: that's been a part of your journey in the last couple of years it's a real Django
1: real spook book I mean I like
2: I like horror comics a lot but like okay so I read this comic there were, I guess, like two kind of jump scares for me, uh-huh. um, and one really cool scare, which was the very first one on page two. Yeah, Like, this woman has this naked, white-skinned albino thing kind of biting she- on her. her cheek, and I looked at it, and I was like, like, with a different artist, this might be sexual, but this is just horrifying instead his legs yeah his legs are twisted and twisted and twisted around and he's biting her cheek he's not biting her neck um and she she decides that she kind of imagined that and then we meet her uh her mother-in-law and she's uh seems like a nice lady but her her husband says that she's a terrible uh racist and She's hanging out with her friend, and something happened in this house. A bomb went off in this house at some point.
0: Seems racially motivated.
2: Yeah, and she goes up to her apartment. She lives on the on the same floor with, with her mother-in-law and her, her husband. She lives on that same floor that the bomb went off in, and it's just them on that floor. And at some point in there, she sees this horrible face through the floorboards, and that, that made me feel like I was waking up after eating pho with too much hot sauce in it. Mm. Like, it made my stomach feel cold and dead when I saw that that face in there. It was the same yeah. kind of thing.
3: Yeah, the ghost feathers or whatever those are.
2: Yeah, and it was like when, when you, you said that you saw Dark Side Is on that page, and even though it's like this big black panel in the middle of everything, you didn't see it until you got yeah. to it, and that's yeah. what this was like. It's not, it's not super subtle. It just kind of snuck up on me and scared the shit out of me. Um, and... It wasn't... Oh, yeah, and then later she sees this dead, naked guy, and and that scared me pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, the horrible things he's saying. With all of my yeah. least favorite
0: words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and she stabs the old lady, and I... Uh, ugh. <laughs> it, it's, it's a really effective comic, and when I came in this morning, I told Jeff that I liked it, and he said, Oh, that's the one about the haunted apartment that feeds on xenophobia, and I hadn't even really
0: put that together, and that's a... And that's a weird difference between the two of us is that I order these books two months ahead of time from the one paragraph that yeah. the publishers have told us about it. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting idea and ordered an amount of it and then promptly forgot, because then I placed another month's order and then another month's order. And and I'm I was just really glad that Django liked it and I I therefore read it and also really liked it it's um guys i on a not conscious level absolutely believe in like dark energies in homes like that's a weird thing about me that i like i will feel like bad energy can collect in a place and then it can make it very difficult to be happy in that place um
2: spend to my house (laughs) (laughs) um
0: (laughs) I like your house, Uh, but it's, I don't know. I've never, I've never seen that idea expressed so effectively in a comic book. And like, like he was saying, this first page is this woman uncomfortably laying in bed, but then like, I didn't really even get it until like you were just talking about it, but like, she's just laying there horrifically scared. And there's this like gross albino demon on top of her and it could just as easily not be there. And it could be just a sort of mental manifestation of an idea um, and even
2: the art kind of reflects that. Like, like the she's demon not, is separate from yeah, the art. Yeah, she's not
0: physically affected by it. It's mm-hmm. just the feeling of this thing that is there. And that's how I think about that. It's like mm-hmm. it's not... There's not, like, a bad guy, but it is. it just feels like a thing is there.
2: Was it Neverwhere that had the demons kind of riding on people throughout the series? Maybe. I read the beginning something of it. Something like that, or, like, a Neil Gaiman story, or something along those same lines, but where, that's yeah, where, like, people's people's demons are not something that that they that is not real they're actually riding on their backs or being carried by them or in in some way interacting with them on this slightly shifted plane and that's kind of what this feels like
0: and this is i, th- I thought the most interesting part of it was basically like is this mother-in-law actually racist or is she hiding this and and the end of the issue spoilers is is that we we find out that maybe she's sort of possessed by this Xenophobic entity, like the feeds off of you know hatred for for that sort of thing. Um, my only complaint about this book is that I wish that they didn't spend the first couple pages talking about Star Wars.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: I I Be- think I know why. Okay, because
2: that that jumped out to me also. It so just, yeah, after after she has the the monster on her, it cuts to her and her daughter and her mother-in-law, and her and her daughter are talking about Star Wars, and the mother-in-law is making a Sarlacc pit cake. And I I think that the reason they did that is to show that Muslims have a conversation like you do, right? Because she's kind of set apart from the world or set apart from America in that she's a Muslim and she wears a headscarf and she is seen differently as an other but in her house she's just talking about star wars and she's out trying to out nerd her kid about star wars and i think that that was supposed to be the thing that connects us
0: so i I viewed it as almost exactly the same but different i viewed it as um not part of the story i viewed it as a writer who decided they were writing this story through comics and it's not a name i've ever seen before and it seemed like an introductory work into comic books, and it seemed like a shallow attempt to try and speak a language that they assume all comics readers are a part of. So it's like in it a Clerks, you know, Clerks or a Kevin Smith movie, when they are arguing about Star Wars, it's like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, this is a thing that we didn't have the internet, this was a thing we all had in common, but guess what, we have the internet now, we have phones now, we have Twitter now, like everybody has exposure to everything. So to be able to talk about Star Wars and Sarlacc pits, like whatever i don't i don't know I so like, it's
2: a clumsy way of relating to us whether it's the yeah, writer doing it or the character doing right.
0: it right and i guess i viewed it as the writer thing which is like hey justin i'm speaking for you that's like a thing that justin and i feel like i feel like we always fall into which i think that we attribute things to like artist intent mm-hmm. and so i was just sort of like hey like i'm here i'm in the shop i'm reading the book you don't have to try and convince me that you're a nerd also like i get it you're writing a comic book it took me a
2: page and a half before that took me out of the comic, yeah. so it was
0: I was Im- okay with it. It was immediate for that. me. I was just like, fuck, we don't need to talk about Star Wars right now. <laughs> like, none of this has anything to do with Star Wars. Don't say Jango Fett, don't say Jango Fett, don't say... Oh,
2: oh. she said Fett. And then Fett. they
0: said Jango Fett, and I was like, they're literally talking to our store because <laughs> Jango Fett doesn't spell his name with a D.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Braden? huh Um... Uh, I didn't catch the shallow attempt as much. Um, I
0: didn't. I'm I making that up. I don't. I do not mean to try and cloud anyone's view of a thing. That was my my shallow judgment.
1: I mean, I, I didn't like. It wasn't the most engaging part of the story for me, but uh, did, it, didn't, it didn't bother me in any way. Um, Which I, did you think the rest? I, of it. I, I mostly got it as uh, us getting a chance to re- see the mother-in-law and the daughter and just kind of yeah get to know those characters. Uh, The rest of it I thought was very spooky and weird, and I I like the main character, and I don't like what's happening to her, and that's certainly enough to keep me interested. (laughs) Did you read it, Roman?
3: Hmm. Yeah. What did you think? It totally worked. For me, the Star Wars thing, because I was just like, oh, I want a Sarlac Bunt cake. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, no, I was thinking like would grandma Boba made... Fett beat Luke in Empire Strikes Back? I don't that's know. That's a really good question. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Grandma never made me a she know I mean me a bundt man, cake even. That's just a
0: fucking that's somebody just being like, This is what nerds argue about. Like Look in clerks twenty five years ago in clerks and they were arguing about who was right, the Empire, the people on the start, you know, the death <laughs> strike, just like, fuck it, we get it. Nerds talk about Star Wars. Yeah, like I love
3: that kind of thing. But also it kind of worked for me with the mom well she's the stepmom and her right. daughter because you know that's the first indicator that even before you know she's the stepmom mother that right. she uh well her the main character oh right, that's right. not her daughter that's right. her, ste- her stepdaughter um that she started out at, even as an other within this family unit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the husband is still really worried that his mother treats her as another still
2: the thing that I liked about this is that it it's addressing something that is pretty relevant now, mm-hmm. but it it's not just beating you over the head with it. Like, it's a good balance of this is the struggle of a Muslim woman in these situations, but that's not what this story felt like it was about to me. Like, they, they told that story through these horror things mm-hmm. – and for me, that's a lot more effective than just just kind of telling me yeah. this, is, this is a bad thing that happens to people. I want to I see that told yeah. through a story rather than narration. And it, it really worked for me.
0: Like two-thirds of the way through the issue, I was just like, man, when are we going to go back to the, the mother-in-law? Because I was like, yeah. I don't really care about the horror stuff in this. I just am just interested, like, yeah. is this mother-in-law actually racist or is she hiding this or has she actually changed and like ish like you know all people you meet somebody that's different than you and you're like oh we're all people this is great this is like it has she done that or like that was the thing that was interesting to mm-hmm. me and I I think that this it, this comic has done a good job of combining that issue in a in a totally parallel way that makes it totally viable but like viable in a different way yeah. like you combine a social issue that's really important that was the one that interested me and then you also wrapped it in like a really intelligent like a horror way. You yeah. you, you created a, an idea that feeds off of that and then can sort of feed these social issues. And I just think it's a really interestingly constructed comic book. I think I think that they did a, a really nice job of it with my, you know, with my one single... I always have, like, if I like a thing a lot, I always have, like, one stupid, shallow complaint about it. So that was my one stupid, shallow complaint about this thing that I really like. It's not a
2: stupid complaint. Yeah, and I'm glad you said it, because it did jump out at me as... Not not necessarily out of place, but kind of transparent.
0: Yeah, it just sort of felt like, hey, we're all comic book fans, right? And I'm like, yeah, we yeah. are. But like, we stopped talking about Star Wars a while. Like, we all love Star Wars. We get it. But like,
2: you know, you might have a different opinion if you had 15 year old.
0: Well, or if I had existed in the time before, like Twitter. You know, right. where like you would go online and have these long arguments on blogs with people about star wars theory mm-hmm. like i i get that but it just it felt a little out of touch it, with the it, times it
1: may me. have been a shallow attempt but it worked on me yeah, yeah. i was well, like boba fett i know who that is mm. it <laughs> yeah. like,
2: after i finished it either like i finished the book and i was thinking about it and i was like that part bothered me
0: i'm just mm-hmm. a butthead is all i there's no. there's nothing wrong with writing that a comic book it's just like i always no, sort this, of this
1: writer is a butthead for doing something so heinous no
0: <laughs> i think that justin and i just like i think that we just sort of always process this stuff justin Speaking at you, Justin, um, it, I always when, just, we process it from the viewpoint of, like, what is the artist meaning, and can I do that, or what would I do in that situation?
2: Yeah. So what is the meaning of the, the gross, naked, horrible guy's face melting and his eyeball falling on her cheek and burning her face? People well, some,
3: looking at her? her is, that, is that some uh, kind of...
2: It's just so, so gross. Is that kind of, some kind of extreme it.
3: metaphor about the male, male gaze? literally no, like <laughs> yeah because that's that is what he's yeah. that's
2: kind of his character yeah and you know what we don't know enough yet to know if the mother is racist or if she's been yeah. possessed by this demon. except for the
0: reflection in the knife on the yeah. final panel Shows. looked like the demon was possessing her mm-hmm.
3: Oh. But the
2: son says that she's always been horrible. Right? Yeah, but
3: maybe it's because she's been living in this building and being seen. I, saw, by that. I this. saw that reflection. Maybe... And I assumed the demon was behind her. I didn't see. I didn't include in that the I demon could be in her. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. maybe it's ambiguous. I like that too. Wow. One thing is definitely for sure, though. We need to hear from Justin because I keep talking at him, <laughs> yeah. and I might just be yelling into the void. Justin, you should call us.
2: Justin, call us. Do you think yeah, he's you awake? No. Who knows? One six one six 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 six, three seven. That was wrong. One six one nine.
0: You did it right last week, and I corrected you, and you had just you had nailed it. I there was I should have just shut my mouth. You did great.
2: Our phone number is one. That's an easy phone number. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make you say it all, Jeff.
0: One. 619-663-7336. 619-663-7336. What you did was you emphasized three. You emphasized the middle three numbers and the fourth number really quickly in a beautiful way that showed that you were more fluid with the number than I was, but the final three numbers were three numbers to me, not four numbers, so I thought something had been left out. I listened to that moment while editing it several times because I was like, do I just cut this out? Was I an asshole? But... You guys, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. Everyone should come by the comic shop and make sure that they're doing okay. They're going to do great without me, but I will personally be in Southern California missing all of you guys, my coworkers, and the people that come into my shop. So, um, I give Infidel uh, an 8, and I'm Jeff Figley, and when we finish these outros, I'm going to get a real good uh, haiku for you from one of our favorite
3: listeners in the world.
2: I'm going to give Infidel an 8. Is that what you said, too?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm Django. 8. I'm Roman. I'll give Infidel a 9.
1: Uh, I'm Braden. I, I gave it an Nate as well, so... Ah. Sorry, Roman. No, that's okay. you on your own.
3: Infidel, Come Into Me, and Mr. Miracle, my favorite comics this week. That's a... That's a wide array
1: of publishers.
3: They were all... Di- and they are all disturbing.
2: Horror. <laughs> they all had umbilical
0: cords, yeah.
3: almost. Yeah.
0: Man, I wish oh. that... I wish that people really understood how sad it makes me to leave this place. Um I'm just gonna cry. We're just gonna go out on a note here. Uh, Jay Christensen, thanks so much for being who the fuck you are. God, we love you here. Um haiku, Mr. Miracle number 7. Do you have a name? It's time to cut the cord with a blade that burns. <laughs>